Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, gather around. I am your host, Anthony Gatlin, and this is the Amplifying Black Voices miniseries here on the Say It Loud podcast. y'all time on this intro because i know y'all see how long the episode is but it's well worth it it is a two-hour episode i've always wanted to do a two-hour episode so i'm glad i finally got to do it especially with this person um i got to sit down with a friend of mine who i met through a mutual friend uh nikki Kleiss. uh his name is jordan rocks um he's really a jack of all trades uh phenomenal dancer hilarious uh social activist just all around um, entrepreneur, really, um, and just all around black as fuck. Um, I love Jordan's energy ever since Nikki uh, told me about Jordan when she moved out there and when she first met him and their adventures together. I was like, man, I really have to meet Jordan, and I'm so glad that I got to meet Jordan when I got out to L.A. in uh, 2019. So, like I said, I'm not going to waste y'all time on this intro. Here's me and Jordan. On the Amplifying Black Voices miniseries on the Say Aloud podcast. Let's go. All right. Ooh, we here. We are here on the, this will be the second episode or the second, yeah, the second part of the Amplifying Black Voices miniseries here on the Say Aloud podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Anthony Gatlin, but you already knew that. Oh, man, I have a very 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 special guest first of all before i do that i want to say thank you to everyone who has supported the show for sure uh, all my first and last time listeners thank you everyone who has reached out to me uh giving me support i really 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 appreciate it and i'm so excited to start this mini series uh, i think it's going to be great for the culture for black people for me for just everyone just for the month of February for Black History Month. Um, so thank you again for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Now, let me tell y'all something real quick. A quick story about my guest here. Um, I met this person in the summer of 2019, but I had already known him from our mutual friend, uh, Nikki Kleiss. Uh, just the story she would tell me about this man the energy the vibe the pure joy that this person brings to not only her life but the life of many others and i was so intrigued and so interested in this person i'm like oh my i gotta meet this person i have to i have to meet this person like they just seem like such a if nikki if nikki likes them then i most likely will like this person um the way she just described this person like i said they just seem like such a genuine humble person who is trying to make it in this world and wants to see not only better from themselves, but better from other people and inspiring other people uh, through dance, through create whatever creation. Um, and, you know, once I met that person, I was, I was actually pretty scared. I, first, first, when I first met them, I was very intimidated. Um, <laughs> Not gonna lie, because the hype was real. I'm not gonna lie. Immediately, as soon as I met this person, the energy 
was oozing off this person. They walked in like they own the room. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm telling you. But I'm so I'm happy that. <laughs> but I am so glad to have this person on the show. I've been wanting to have this person on the show ever since I started the podcast. And yeah, I'm, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the man himself looking like Huey, Huey himself. Huey Freeman. <laughs> Jordan Watson, thank you for coming on to the show. Finally. Thank you. I'm so glad I'm finally a guest. I've been trying to be a guest since I listened to the first episode. <laughs> yeah, Jordan has been trying to get on the show for a long time. And I, like I said, I wanted Jordan to come on the show. Pretty much he was like one of the first people I had thought of when I initially officially made the podcast. Like, I, like you all know, I mean, I've had the idea for like two years. And then when I actually when I finally did it, I knew Jordan was somebody I wanted to come on the show and because I again like how Nikki described him and meeting him in person that summer um, I knew it was she would he would have been he was going to be perfect for the show so thank you for coming on again I'm so happy we finally get to do this thank here on the that. amplifying black voices uh mini series now Jordan is actually someone who I Jordan is very um how do you say unapologetically black for sure to the t and the profile <laughs> yes all through and through uh blackness is just oozing he is i think the thing i like most about you is how comfortable you are in your skin because for me i grew up um kind of not not being resentful of my skin but just not just not comfortable you know i was never uh comfortable with expressing myself expressing my blackness and you know as time went on when I went to college I finally uh discovered myself and then meeting you I finally found that that let that extra piece to really unlock and express myself and be confident in who I am um so yeah Jordan tell the people a little bit about yourself you know, where you come from, who you are. Okay, I'm Jordan, AKA Jordan Rocks um, on all platforms. I am originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. I actually grew up in a small like little town right outside of the city, um, but I grew up traveling all the time. So I always like was a city kid at heart. Um, this is my morning voice. Usually like my voice is a lot like peppier and it'll probably get a little bit peppier as like we go along. I'm drinking water. But my morning voice is like my R&B voice is what everybody says. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I grew up in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, I live in LA now. I will be going on six years in April of being in LA. I moved out here when I was 19. I am a my biggest thing is I'm a dancer. Uh, I'm a dancer and a choreographer. That is my main thing that I do on the socials. Um, I also work with several other apps as well, um, pre-pandemic and during the pandemic, uh, mostly making different like types of content, mostly dance-related content, um, and typically just linking like products into the dance world and just growing my um, base through that. Um, also, I was very heavy on the activism this summer, 
this previous summer with Black Lives Matter. Um, I actually was able to work with a couple very uh, big local cannabis stores to be able to get a bunch of brands together to donate supplies to protesters on the front lines. Um, my mom was not very big on me going to uh, a protest. And then I'm also a very like self-aware person. I think being from New Orleans, I always like had like eyes in the back of my head. Like I was like, the moment the situation goes south, like I'm like, me and my team are like out, like mm-hmm. we gonna get out. Um, so I was like very like aware of that. So I was, but I still wanted to be involved. So I just found a different way to be involved. Um, one of my favorite things that came out of the protest was, um, I had a friend who was like, she was a full like frontline, like balls to the wall type of chick. And she's from South Central LA. I love her to death. And, um, she was like, you know, she's like, there's a lot of like soldiers needed in this war and not every soldier is a frontline soldier. She's like, some people work in an office and like, it's your job to like be reposting vital information online or making phone calls or whatever. And, um, I really took that to heart. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Um, anything else? I'm a Leo. So (laughs) I'm I'm on the last day. So I'm actually on the cusp. So I'm a Leo Virgo cusp baby. Um, so I like to say I'm a Leo that, um, likes to assess the situation before I grab the spotlight to see if it's worth it. But if the spotlight hits me, I'm not going to turn away from it. <laughs> and that is very true. If the spotlight hits you, you will not turn. I remember when we, okay. So when we first met, we had went to that rooftop bar. Mama shelter. Uh, yes, yeah. yes, Love yes. Place. And I don't know what song had played, but Jordan just gets up and just starts <laughs> just going, just doing him like being full on, uh, himself dancing, laughing, singing the whole nine. There's a video out there somewhere. I might have I had to. a great time that night. I still have pictures from that night, actually. I, that night. was one of my favorite <laughs> nights of my life, just being out in LA. That was the first time I ever been to LA. And um, just to to be out there, especially with you and Nikki, like you guys really showed me a good time. And he took you to one. Of, that's one of my favorite spots. That was, um, I went to. I went to London in October and right before I went to London, Nikki was like the last person I had dinner with before I went. And we went to Mama Shelter because it was open and we could go. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a staple place. I've had uh, I've had a lot of really good times there. And it's like, it's one of those spots in LA that's, um, it's like known, but still like low key, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, so it's like, you know, you definitely can go there and have a good time. You may you may see some interesting people or like even like, you know, some crazy important people or whatever there. But the vibe is always like super chill. Yeah. And the setup they have is really cool, too. It's like uh, it's like they don't have like tables or like chairs that you like sit at. It's like what is like couches and. Yeah. So the area we were in, there's like when you walk up. I mean, well, when you take the elevator up, you come out the elevator, there's like a host stand right there. There's some tables like along one side, or at least there are now. Um, but then once you go over towards the left, past the bar, there's this like almost like long, like way, like walkway of couches. And then there's like a couple little like stools in the middle, but like there's couches on both sides. And it's mm-hmm. just like post up there with your squad. Yeah. Like, I don't know if she took you to the other side, but like, 
on the other side, there's um, like a little projector screen and like they would play movies sometimes. Like, and there I was did, like, no, she never took me over there. Yeah, there's like little bean bags and stuff, and like people like chill over there and like they play like classic movies like Grease or you know Friday, whatever. Like they play different shit every now and then. I need to get back to LA when all this is over with. That's that's <laughs> right. my kind of that's my kind of fun right there. Um, but yeah, it's a, a cool spot um, for sure. And like I said, glad that they showed me a good time while I was out there. Um, so I found well. I found out that you grew up in New Orleans or that you were from New Orleans. Um, and New Orleans is one of my favorite cities ever. Like I've been okay. there twice and each time is not like the same. Like it is just yeah. such a beautiful, vibrant city with such history and um, just life in this life in it. So can you talk about how grow, growing up in New or- growing up in New Orleans, kind of what that was like and how it's influenced you today? Yeah, um, <clears throat> it's funny because like in the last two years, um, I've traveled a lot and um, I like really started to appreciate where I grew up or like my upbringing a lot more. Like, I'll be very honest, I don't go back to New Orleans a lot. Like L.A. is home for me, um, but like um, I like to take people back to New Orleans for me because I'm like, I always say like, it's funny because I'm like I'm um I'm a very like territorial person about certain things and like my space and because like I've worked really really hard for my space and I always say like to get like a little off topic I always say like oh I like kids but like I only like certain kids so like I know I <laughs> and like I know I like my kids <laughs> yeah right it's funny because I'm like I like taking people to New Orleans I like taking people to New Orleans more than I like going to New Orleans so like I go if I go to New Orleans I go for like a specific reason like last time I went was in December of 2019 um I was the best man at my best friend's wedding but I took like my two best friends from LA with me and that way in my in between time I got to show them the city and I love doing that because it's almost like having a child on Christmas Day and like them seeing the magic for mm-hmm. the first time and like just answering like all their questions like like you could just openly like drink anywhere like you could get a drive through daiquiri like all this <laughs> yeah it's and, crazy like, but also showing them like the architecture like there's so many buildings that are preserved in New Orleans um, because of like the historical meaning behind them. Um, which is amazing uh, because like when I like I spent um, last October, I went to Barcelona in oh, 2019, October 2019. I went to Barcelona and seeing um, and I like made some friends out there and I got to see their home and their home is similar to what in New Orleans we call shotgun houses, which is essentially a house where when you walk through the front door, the living room is the first room and then like to get through the house like if you have to go to the bathroom or the kitchen or whatever you have to walk through the entire house so like you have to walk through like someone's bedroom you have to walk through the kitchen like Mm. it's called a shotgun house because of the way it flows like there's no like hallways and separation really um and it was so cool because i was like oh my god like this is actually like derived from like spain Mm -hmm. like and i'm seeing like an original like shotgun house so it's really cool and like there's plenty of other places i went to and i saw how like i grew up learning like oh french settlers like came to new orleans and spanish-speaking settlers came to new orleans and like all these different people from different countries came to our city and like that's why our city is such like a melting pot 
Um, and like, I actually got to see where those like places were derived from. And then when I went back to New Orleans later that December, like, it was really cool for me to be able to give like that history lesson to my friends to be like, oh yeah. So like when I went here in the world, like this is where this is derived from. And like, you know, this is like where this is pulled from and like all that. It's really cool. Um, and then like, they're doing a lot in New Orleans now. Like when I, when I left, they started like really picking up on like the film industry and everything there. And now like all of that is happening there, like continually. So it's really cool to see, um, all of that like history being uh preserved but also um like seeing the different um influences how they're like shaped into their own thing now so it's like it was really cool to like go to different places and like eat their traditional food and then compare it to like how we make it in new orleans and it's like oh yeah. my god that's crazy because new orleans food is bus and let me tell oh, you yeah. <laughs> oh my like, goodness I, if i always say like if you come to new orleans like i tell all of my friends i'm like so this thing i was like there's an imaginary um theater, like force field around the city and the moment your plane hits that force field your diet is there (laughs) (laughs) like you're gonna eat something fried you're gonna eat something with a sauce and you're gonna fucking like it (laughs) exactly you know a little bit of um gumbo a little Mm -hmm. bit of my favorite thing is a po' boy i love po' boys um is that from is that is that derived was that a new orleans like special i think it is is it yeah so it's like how it was developed they told us i remember in like middle school or something they told us a story because it it was supposed to be like the like the workman sandwich or whatever yeah um it it originally was called like a poor boy sandwich so basically like it was like a very it was a very sorry i don't know if you get my roommate in the background (laughs) it's all good really very excited um so basically it was it was basically supposed to be a food that didn't cost much to make but yeah so basically that's what like a po' boy was derived from um it is one of my favorites too because like it's funny because there's a couple places in LA that do po' boys um I've only found one that does like proper po' boy with like the proper bread because like there's two types of french bread like there's like the baguette bread that like here in LA that's a lot of people do them or it's not the right kind because it is like a really like there's one that's like it's white French bread and it's literally like it's very like crusty and like kind of thin and but that's what makes it so good (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. like if it's the other kind of bread like that's good too but it's not right (laughs) yeah it's it doesn't have the same kick to it you know it doesn't really bring it all together yeah exactly that's exactly what it is so yeah i feel you i mean i took um i took my friends janice and charlotte to like this spot that i used to go to all the time um and literally like they it's so funny because i took my um i took like um my ex to new orleans like a couple years ago and i had taken him there too and i was like yep i was like this place never fucking changes like there's some places like i say with new orleans like it's the city where time stopped like literally like the prices are so cheap and like Mm -hmm things are made the exact same, like the same people work at the same places. Like I went to a couple bars and like the same bartenders and like door people are still there five years later. Like, yeah. like it's definitely that type of city, which is really cool. Like for a sense of like, when I go back, I know like where everything is and how everything is. But like, for me personally, like I'm such like a mover and shaker and a groover. It's like, 
I could never see myself living there anymore personally, but I do enjoy like taking people back to visit that's for yeah. sure. <laughs> oh yes, for sure. And I I definitely would like to go to New Orleans with you most most oh, definitely. We would have the best time. Oh, for sure. We would go stupid, go crazy. <laughs> um so your time in New Orleans, um clearly it has I'm sure it has definitely impacted you a lot and just has shaped you into the person you are you so like i said you're such a lively person such a vibrant person um but i did see that you i did a little bit of my research you know i tried to go on your little you know go on your instagram page and okay. scroll through the scroll through the page um i did see that you were were you a part of the new orleans pelicans like dance team or yeah so we had two entertainment teams. There's a female dance team, and then there's a, a mixed entertainment team. We actually have five entertainment teams. But there were the two main ones that worked every single game were the dance team and uh, what was called Scoop Troop. Scoop Troop was an interactive team. Um, and, like, we danced, we tumbled. Like, it was a mix of people. Like, not everybody was a dancer. Um, mm-hmm. Like, it was it was more so, like, that was the cool thing was, is, like, there were some people that weren't dancers, like a friend of mine, her name is Betsy. She's an actress. Um, and, but she's also funny. So like she, and she can definitely dance as well, but like, it's not like she was like, boom, like I'm out of like ballet school. Like, let me bust it yeah. her. Like she was just a great personality and she'd been on the team before I was. Um, I met her through, I used to work for a laser tag place in high school and she used to work for the Pelicans and the laser tag joint. Um, and they were like, when I graduated high school, they were like, um, you should come try out for the team. And I took a gap year. I was going to go to AMDA in LA, ironically enough, as a musical theater student. And um, and then I was like, I'm going to take this gap year. I'm going to try out for this team. If I make it, great. If not, like, I'm going to just stack some money and then go to school next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always say, like, I probably wouldn't be in the position I'm in today if I hadn't taken that job. I had a really... Um, like intense conversation recently with somebody like about it and how I was like wow like if I wouldn't have taken that job I probably wouldn't even be like I wouldn't even be like uh surrounded by the people I'm surrounded by and like doing the things that I'm doing which is so crazy to think um like kind of similar to Nikki's story honestly and um but that two years was the best like it was the best um transformative years for me because um I made the team obviously and I got to see like for the first time, like what it felt like to be um, acknowledged as like an entertainer and like to have, um, cause this is also around the time where like social media was starting to like really yeah. start to grow into what it is today. And um, I got to like witness it firsthand, like what it felt like almost to be literally almost to be like a celebrity. Like I would have like, I would be in the city because I ended up moving into the city like after I graduated, like I moved on with my mom because my mom didn't raise me. Um, and we lived together and um, like right over the bridge and on the West Bank. And I was in the city all the time because I worked in the central business district, which is not far from the arena. And there would be people that would like stop me on the street or if they would see me like near the arena or whatever, they'd be like, hey, like, you work for the Pelicans, right? Like, oh my God, you're so funny. Or like, you guys like keep us so entertained. Like, oh, like I have season tickets. Like, please come throw me a shirt or like give me a balloon, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like where like I say, like I have kids that I like 
and like that are my kids is like yeah. I had there were dancers there were two dancers they both had kids which was crazy because like their bodies were snatched and like, <laughs> their families um one of them her husband was like a military guy so like he would come every now and then because she had to drive like almost an hour or two to get there then the other one her like in-laws or whatever and her husband they had season tickets so like they were always in the same place so like if um like when they were there like I would find their kids and I'm like boom like I'm making like the best balloon animals for them like I my balloon animal game was on point like I used to make I didn't know you can make balloon. that that's great that's a hidden talent right there that's one of my favorite talents that I have like that like I wish like I still uh I wish I still did it because like I can still do it but like I don't have like the stuff here but like I used to make um so there were two little boys um one of them his name was B and the other guy his name was uh Nehemiah which is ironically my nephew's name, which is so funny. Um, and I would make them like guitars, hats. Like Damn. I made like a I made like a rainbow on a cloud like one time. Like I would make the sickest shit. Damn. And then, like, my second year, my favorite thing I made, um, like this girl Brandy like came up with it and taught it to me. Um, was a bow and arrow, and we would literally um, just blow up. We would make the bow, and then we would just blow up straight balloons, but we would make them shorter so we could shoot them into the crowd <laughs> like, damn that's creative literally, literally made like a fake like quiver like full of them and like <laughs> one, across like the front of the court just like shoot 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 it into the crowd like such a fun job um literally that got paid to have fun. fun and um that first year my um they, we had the all-star game in new orleans and i made friends with um, who I'm still friends to this day, who, uh, someone who works with Miami Heat and like, he would hook me up with like, uh, passes and stuff to the games. Like if I didn't have access to them. So like me and my friend Betsy, um, like she was my ride or die that whole weekend. And like, it was the best weekend of our lives. And mm -hmm. that was when I knew I was like, whatever, like I'm doing in life, like I know it has to like involve some kind of entertainment. Um, and like, I just remember enjoying myself and I had a brief moment where I thought um, I really thought about going back to school and then I saw a friend of mine I ended up I had one friend she hit me up for like a small gig over the summer she was like hey like I just need like some fun people to come like basically like play on bounce houses with kids for like a couple hours I was like fuck yeah and <laughs> okay like she invited, she was like, oh, some of like our other friends from like school, like I'll be there too. And I was like, oh, cool. It was like, I could see people, some like old friends. Saw a friend of mine, her name is Paige Hammond. And uh, I remember we've been friends since first grade. I tell this story all the time. I remember we got in an argument in the first grade about how to spell the word one, uh, um, the number one. And <laughs> up and down, it was W-O-N-E. And I was like, oh, and uh, yeah, W-O-N or W-O-N-E. And I was like, no, babe, it's O-N-E. Like, Fighting. oh my goodness and i so i saw her and i was like oh my god so like see her blah blah because we've been friends all throughout like from first grade to graduation and um you know she was like oh like i see like all your stuff on instagram and facebook like with the games and everything like it seems so fun blah blah yeah and like we we're catching up and she was just telling me like how she'd already like switched her major like once or twice and like how like it's like all this work and like how much like she had in like student loan debt at the time and like I don't even think it was like a lot of money it was like maybe 10 grand or something but even then like that was a lot mm -hmm. like we're 18 and I was I'm like, up I'm down 40 <laughs> grand right now shit. and I was just like I was just like yo like 
I could have, like, I dodged a bullet with that. Like, I was like, I'm not, like, I was like, because I had, like, little things I was stressed about, but I was like, the little shit I'm stressed about is, like, nothing. I was like, I'm seeing people, like, I went to school with being like, I wish I was doing what you were doing. Like, and I was just like, okay. It's like, I have no regrets then at this point. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and it just really worked out. Um, it really taught me a lot about, it taught me a lot about the entertainment industry very early on. That was for sure, uh, which I really appreciated. And um, it gave me an experience that like, I'll never forget. And on my last trip to um, London, I was, uh, we were at dinner with a friend and keep in mind, like, this is like, I mean, you know, like my, like situation of mm-hmm. like why I'm seeing um, and like one <laughs> of my coworkers. Um, they like he, he's worked with like some of the biggest like iconic names like in the industry like and toured with like some crazy people like that we're fans of and he's like yo he's like I like was on your Instagram the other day and I saw you post something about the NBA he's like you used to work for the NBA and I was like yeah he's like bro he's like if the world opened up tomorrow and they told me I could live in America and I could like dance for the NBA like for the rest of my life like and I, I could make good money doing it He's like, I would fucking do that in a heartbeat. And I was like, how crazy is it that somebody like I like look at like, and like, he's like family to me now, which is so funny. Like he's such cool people. Like, but somebody I look at as like, yo, like he has all these life experiences. Like, you know, he probably like wouldn't think anything I've done is cool. And then to hear him be like, that's like a cool ass job I wish I had. I was just like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. I, Cause I don't think of it all the time as like such a cool job. Like I thought of it was just fun. You know, like, because that's all it was. Like, I was nervous, like, the first game. And then after that, I was, like, when, uh, like, for me personally, like, when I find my groove, like, in a job, like, it's no longer really work for me. Like, once I get in there, like, we had, like, our couple, like, hours pregame that were, like, our preparation work. But, like, once the game started, I was, like, it's, like, something clicked in me every single night. And it was the Jordan show. Like, mm-hmm. or, like, the Jordan and Friends show or whatever. Like, and I just remember like the feeling, like the rush, like there's, I really need to find a way to get on. Like I suck at Facebook, but I have so many pictures on my Facebook, like of like me, like in the crowd, standing on railings, yelling at people, like shooting yeah. shirts, people like thinking about it. Like it's so funny. I'm like, it's so crazy to think that was just, that was just like six years ago. <laughs> time flies i really time feel flies. like yeah i really feel like we're like working as someone who's a part of like the dance team or the the team that you were part of for an nba team i really feel like that wouldn't that wouldn't feel like work and it like you said it just would be super fun because i love basketball so if i could be around an nba team and Yo. do stuff for them that would be so dope best seats in the house Anthony. best seats in the house I, I'm not shitting you. Literally, like, literally. You literally get to go on the court. You get to be back back in the locker room. All that all that stuff. That would be so cool to me. Running through the crowds. Like, that would be so dope. Fun fact. I don't fuck with Russell Westbrook. Excuse my friend. <laughs> Why not? He beat me out. Because he tried. So one of the things we would do every game was uh, we had these flags. Like, these big, like, big flags. Like, we'll run out on the court. So we'd have to run out. We were run out from the players. So they called them bombs, um, which stood for vomitory, which like is apparently something they used to call them in war, which is like before they would like, like 
drop the thingy like and then release the soldiers like run out and storm a place supposedly that's what they used to call them in war or like in roman times because like in that staging area like people get nervous for battle and they would vomit so they call them vomitories which is crazy um and we call them bombs for short so we were out of southwest bomb if i'm correct and we would have to run out of the opposite one which is the northeast bomb which is where the players for our team would come from. And um, we would be lined up right there, which is so funny. And then like the players would come out and like, you know, oh, what's up, blah, 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 whatever. We're not supposed to speak to them unless they speak to us. But, like we were friends with some of them, obviously. Mm-hmm. So like we would like chat with them, whatever. And then we like game start. So we run out when like Chuck makes the announcement. We all have different letters of the, um, of the flag, like of the name on the flags to spell out Pelicans. And like, you know, you either like you led and you had a good pace or like you closed it out and like, you know, you kept it like going. And like, if anybody fucked up at the end, like somebody would drop something, whatever, like you're the person to grab it, which is like an unspoken up rule. So it's like the spear stick from uh, Bring It On. Yeah. So like I was the S and like that night. So I was closing it out and literally like the opposite team gets on court like a little early which is like a big no-no like they're not supposed to release the teams like until after we run the flags and russell westbrook tries to trip me in the circle (laughs) (laughs) we run out of the corner we circle the middle and that's why like the pace has to be good because if it's too fast um like people will be too far apart and if it's um or if it's too slow like it'll become like a traffic junction and people bump into each other in that circle so um literally like somehow he got his ass into the middle of the fucking circle like before we got there so i was like what the fuck and so then he tries to like come out like at the end so then he tries to fucking trip me i literally jump over his leg and like i did like i did a full jump over his leg and like a football like 360 and then i literally (laughs) said like i literally laughed at him i said ha you can never (laughs) (laughs) damn ross you let jordan do you like oh man yeah, I was like, I don't play these games. Oh, <laughs> so, you got one up. You one up on Russ. That's crazy. Yeah. I do a lot of people. Shoes, a lot of people can't say they are one up on Russ. That's that's something Wait, to about. Yeah, I one upped him. him. Now did he? Five. Now did was it intentional or did he actually try to like? He get definitely did because he laughed afterwards. <laughs> like, Russ is a, he's a he's kind of a troll. Low-key. Yeah, he, he's definitely a fucking troll. He's kind of a troll, but I I mean I like Russ. I like the way he plays. I just like his intensity and just the way he attacks the game but hey if you got beef with him i got beef with him yeah <laughs> um but we don't fuck with each other <laughs> yeah exa- yeah exactly remember that shit, but who cares yeah but um so after doing i kind of want to ask you what what got you into into dancing and also um, kind of yeah. that the transition to from leaving uh, the job you at with the NBA, with the Pelicans, to move into California? Hmm. Um, well, I got in a car accident, and so it's officially been six years now. Um, in 2015, January, uh, January 31st, 2015. Uh, luckily, I walked away with a tiny scratch, but it did damage my L4. Um, so I was able to walk and everything, but they were like, oh, you probably like shouldn't do crazy strenuous activity. So like, I missed, I think, like, one or two games, um, and then I was back. But, like, I couldn't, like, be as full out as, like, I used to. Like, 
I wasn't really like supposed to be jumping like on rails or like into crowds and mm-hmm. stuff anymore. Um, but the entire time that I did work for the NBA, I also worked a full time job. Um, I used to work for a fragrance company and they were this international fragrance company. Basically, they brought in fragrances from um, like different parts of the world and they were these like luxury like I'm talking like $185 for like an ounce of like a fragrance and no sir not uh, me I mean once you I mean honestly like when I first started working there I was like people are crazy if they're spending this much money on fragrance but when I really got into like the business side of it I understood it um so I was doing that the entire time and um like over the time I was working for the NBA I actually worked my way up in that company so I started literally like packing boxes like doing the shipping and then like the guy who like trained me literally like I didn't know I was taking over his job like because he was leaving and like in a that's how they get weeks, you yeah, that's how they get like, you right in a matter of like two weeks like I knew I was like gonna be I knew I was taking his job eventually I didn't know I was taking it that quickly um but I wasn't like mad at it because I was getting paid well um like you know I was 18 and I was getting paid like I think like for New Orleans like I was getting paid like almost 16 dollars an hour at oh eight. wow 20 in 2013 mm-hmm. like because i started yeah. the job 2013 of um october 2013 and um i worked my way up from like being the like warehouse manager basically to becoming like the manager of the whole store because like there was a girl who worked there was a tiny storefront where they would sell the fragrances too but like that wasn't the main focus and there was a girl who managed the front like one day she's sick or some bullshit and i told my boss i was like oh I was like you don't have to close the front like i could do it i was like i listen to her sell all the time and like in my downtime i go up there and learn about the fragrances um i was like because i like to know like what i'm working with and um and she was like okay she was like, i was like and i worked at hollister in high school i was like so i know how to do sales so I did that and um i sold like more than that girl like normally sold like in a weekend and she was like you're good at this she's like would you be interested in like doing that part-time and then like eventually that girl like left because she was like she was looking for a job in uh, public relations because that was what her degree was in and um i took over her job as well they started like flying me out like in between like if i didn't have games or not like whatnot they flew me to like new york to help open the barneys in new york for um like a fragrance line we launched and that was kind of like one of my like first like little tests and then um when we opened a boutique inside of the neiman marcus in beverly hills uh, they were still looking for the third person and the person who was running it was a friend of mine who like worked for our company who worked um in new york they moved her back from new york to la to open the store and she interviewed all these people she didn't like any of them and then when they sent me out for the opening she was like she was like would you be interested like moving here if I got them to move you here like to be the third person she's like because I don't want anybody else she's like I nobody else is gonna be you and I was like yeah like I'm down because I always like in the back of my mind like I really enjoyed New Orleans at the time like and I did love being there but I always knew like I wanted to travel and I wanted to I that I wouldn't be in New Orleans like that that was not like my place to stay like it was a place grow but I knew I would outgrow it so I was like yeah definitely like if they offer it to me so that like next weekend um and I keep in mind I had already gotten my car accident so I was like you know this is actually a great alternative like since I can't really dance right now um 
so I moved out here and like my contract literally was like, she was like, look, she was like, you have to help us. Like we have to make a million dollars in a year um, or, else, like, or else like on January 1st. And it was actually less than a year because I moved here in April. She's like, so by the end of the fiscal year, like we have to make a million dollars at retail or else like we're packing you up and like we're sending you home or you don't have to like figure it out out there on your own in LA. And I was like, bet, say less, like got it. Challenge accepted. Right. Cause it sounds like a lot, but like we sold over 200 fragrances in our boutique and like they started at like, like a hundred and something bucks. And like some of them went up to like $900 a bottle to like even bigger than that. Oh, but this is like, keep in mind, this is Neiman Marcus Beverly Hills. Like this is like one of the richest stores, like that's been around forever. And like the people that shop here are like, the people that shop here are the people you don't see. Like the people that shop here are like the people that like the guy Rihanna dated, like that oil king. Like those are oh, the yeah. like, those are the people that shop there. Like the people with the real money. The people with the real money that are like fucking up the planet that we don't even know about. Like those are the people that shop mm. there. So like, you know, I was like we had some days like where, you know, let's sell like one. I remember I have one customer and it's so funny. Um, because like I'm going to Dubai next week. And I like literally was like, I should re-download Snapchat and see like if I still have him on Snapchat because I haven't used Snapchat in five years. Um, Damn, but, five years. Yeah, I hate Snapchat. I hate <laughs> um, but he literally, um, he and his family would come in and like I had him on like, that's how we would communicate because that was the easiest way to communicate via like there because of all their rules and stuff. But um, he would come in and like he would spend no less than 10 grand on just fragrances for him and his like family. Like I'm talking like him, the kids, the in-laws. Like, so I really got into um, business and, you know, we were successful. We made that like million dollar mark before, like, I think even before like November. And they gave us like our second store in New York. They wanted to move me to New York. I was like, no, 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 no. Um, or like they were like going to make me an offer and I was like no I don't do I don't do snow Um, (laughs) but then um my boss was like my boss like I still keep in touch with her to this day like we had a couple like rough moments in our relationship but like I do really like love this woman to death and um she asked me she's like so like when are you going to get back into dancing and I was just like I don't know actually and um she was like I want to see like you like start dancing again. Like she's like, you know, you did your job. You came here for. She's like, obviously, like I'll keep you employed, but like I really would love for you to like pursue your dream. And you know, at like eighteen, nineteen, I moved out here when I was nineteen. So nineteen, like hearing like someone you looked up to as a business person tell you like, I want you to pursue your dream. Like don't like, yeah, like dedicate your time like when you're working today, yeah. but like don't like waste your you know don't waste your potential yeah here so i was like okay so i really started to get back into it um and like that's when like i found like my little family of like janice and everybody and um and i i was taking it at the time like when i was training um it's very different from like what i learned in new orleans and like i also hadn't danced for like two years so it was very rough and i didn't realize until like my second or third year in of training that um I like was taking like classes that were more so for like hype they weren't like they were teaching me like my muscle memory and everything else but they weren't teaching me like the valuable things I needed so then I really got into it like super heavy in like 2018 um 2019 um that's when I really buckled down in 2018 
I started, um, I choreographed every single month that year. And that was a rough year. That was probably my roughest year I had here. Um, my great grandmother passed away that year. I finally parted ways with my boss like that year after mm-hmm. working here for almost five years. And I went through like an intense like personal friendship breakup. And then I went through like an imper- uh, intense personal like relationship breakup um, all in like a four or five month span uh, on top of like, I moved into a new place, like my car broke down and like, I had to get a new engine. Like 2018 was like, literally like, it was the year that like, if I was meant to not be here, like that was the year that was supposed to send me home. Yep. Um, but like, I didn't let it stop me. Like I made, Nikki could tell you, cause Nikki was in a couple of my projects that year too. And, um, I made like a video every single month or I did a show every single month that year. And that's what I was focusing on growing my Instagram platform um, to break 10K, which I did like before the end of the year, which I was very happy hey. about. But um, we out here. Um, but I was, and people were asking why I wanted to do that. And um, what I really started to think about in that 2017 to 2018 year was how can I take my experience with business knowledge and craft it into dance? Because I realized personally for me, like, I don't want to book a world tour. I would love to choreograph a world tour. If I booked the world tour or like any kind of tour, like, yeah, I would be super grateful. And like, I would do it. But like, I was like, I don't want to audition. Like, I don't like auditioning for shit like anymore. Like, I was like, I don't like, like, I was like, I don't want to be on a music video, like set or you know, all the time or whatever. Like, I was like, I want to do my thing. And I was like, cause I have ideas that I want to see come to life. Yeah. So I started to um, look into like basically choreographing and concepting like ideas around like brands, products, everything else, because like I worked in a cosmetic industry and I was like, I know there's so much um, like you can reach people more with an interesting dance video that like ties in a product versus like yet another picture of like some pretty white chick or whatever, or like ethnically ambiguous chick like holding a product, you know? Um, so basically I really started, I wanted to focus on, um, taking the dance, like taking my dance background and my business background and combining the two, uh, to be able to work for myself, which is what I'm very blessed to say. Like, I do still, like, I currently have like a full-time job with a company that I really love. Um, and I actually got the job through them because I, was working um, with them hand in hand um, for like protests and stuff and as an influencer for them. And then they found out like, oh, like you used to work in business and like I worked in cannabis like a little bit too. So they were like, we'd love for you to work for us. So I was like, okay, cool. Like I miss working with people. Mm-hmm. So I went back into that, but I, I was still doing fine during the pandemic. Like one of the programs I worked with literally started their influencer program at the beginning of the pandemic. So like I stopped working in my day job that I like was doing and I ended up working from home again, like on my phone and like, you know, I make my rent on my phone and I'm more than happy like to right. be able to, to do that. Because and that's, that's a blessing. Cool. That's a real blessing for sure. Yeah. When people ask me what I wanted to do with dance, I was like, I want to be able to take this thing right here and make money from it from just this and from saying post tag that's it i was like i don't want it and it's not from a place of being lazy it's a place from thinking outside of the box right just come up with different ways to not only support yourself but support other people and i I like that a lot and that's kind of like why i started my podcast as well just to be able to not only 
use my own voice, but also empower the voices like you and other people I've had on the show and uh, other guests I want to have on the show too, and possibly, you know, have a little, have a co-host or somebody or two co-hosts and just build a community and build a, a foundation mm-hmm. of spreading awareness uh, to issues like, like racism or uh, any ism out there really like uh, just that's being why to... I don't go back to New Orleans actually that's one of the small reasons I don't go back to New Orleans I why? get so I get so nervous to be back in New Orleans like because I am mixed uh, but I was raised by my dad's side which is black so like I like only knew black culture growing mm-hmm. up uh, like my mom is uh, my mom is Colombian um, Italian but she is passing all of like my uncles and everything like you look at them and you're like oh they're definitely like a cajun mix of something like they're they're not my color but they're like definitely like in the realm of like you're not white you something yeah. <laughs> like but you're not yeah. like you just white. can't you can't tell you right? can't tell like what they are but like it's like you're not fully white but my mom is super passing so i always get like concerned i'm like oh my god like if i drive her car they're gonna be like this black man's in this white lady's car he stole it like it's just too much for me. And then like my black side of my family, like I rather go visit my mom because my mom lives in the city. My black side of the family lives still in like the small area I grew up in, which is like, so like, they're not, I don't want to say, I mean, yeah, there's plenty of racist people there. Cause I'm like, I don't want to say a super like red state, but like, there's still like, the school I went to is called Destrahan High School and there's still like the Destrahan plantation is still like fully kept there and like people have like weddings and events there like on a plantation yes that's crazy yeah so clearly like it's not like the most like you know blackity black 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 place yeah so I'm like I'm always that's one of the other reasons like I just don't go back to New Orleans because I'm like I'm like, unless like I'm teaching or like I'm and I'm making money or I'm like or I'm showing someone the city like for the first time to me, there's no there's no like reason for me to go back Um, because also I'm like I grew up there for 18 years. So like I have like I have an entire world to discover. Like Mm -hmm. I don't have time to go back to somewhere where it's like the same shit all the time, in my personal opinion. So that's like that's one of my like main reasons. I'm like not always like a jump and a skip back to New Orleans. Um, but also I'm like, I'm like, oh, but like I haven't been here yet. So like I need to go there. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So did you did you experience or I'm sure I mean I'm sure you have uh grown up in New Orleans did you experience any like any overt racism or like uh what was that kind of like growing up what was it like being a, a black man growing up in New Orleans well it's funny because like as a kid like when I was super young I didn't understand it because my grandmother would always tell me she would be like yeah like you know you're mixed and like some people can like some people do like growing up a lot I did get asked like what am I yeah especially being mixed too also like i definitely got that um but there was but she always told me she's like but there's like a lot of people that don't care and all they're gonna see is that you're black and i didn't understand that as a kid but like i'm very thankful like i was definitely told that because it came as less of a shock Mm -hmm. but um i remember i actually posted it on my story because um i think i I think I tagged like my like one of my childhood best friends um, in it because like I remember this story so vividly like I was in I was in sixth grade 
and sixth grade or seventh grade yeah sixth grade and I was in English class and I remember this kid like him like you know the projector was on the lights were off whatever like people were like passing jokes throwing shit at each other whatever and I remember this kid like he like tossed something in my direction or some shit and I like I just told him I called him stupid or something like I called him something along the lines like stupid or an idiot like one of those things I got to told him to stop being stupid English was my favorite fucking class as a kid still is one of my favorite things to this day I'm an English Nazi I will correct your 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 and your and you're there there yep well, <laughs> hey people need to know <laughs> but um I um I remember telling him that and then he called me a stupid nigga and then mm-hmm. I yelled at him I got in trouble but then my best friend at the time and he's still like one of my best friends to this day. He is one of three people that I keep in touch with from school. Um, his name is Abdullah. And he is a proud Navy SEAL and I'm proud of him. Um, and he is, um, he's actually also of like, a, he's a Middle Eastern descent. And he stood up for me and he told the teacher, he's like, no, like he called him the N word. Like, so like Jordan shouldn't be getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. And I just remember, like, I, you know, obviously I said nigga all the time, (laughs) but like, I just never had a white person call me that shit. And I remember my grandmother being like, if a white person ever calls you nigga, like, you, like, you can hit them, basically. (laughs) Yeah, you're obligated to swing on them. Like, and like, I wasn't a fighter in school. So like, I like, and I was also in the sixth, like, or seventh grade. So like, I wasn't like jumping immediately to fighting especially because like the school district that I went to, even though I didn't go to a private school, I went to a public school. They were like one of the best public schools in our state. And they were like, if you fight, we will call the police. You will be arrested and your parents will have to pay $500 to get you out. And suspended for a week. So that didn't always happen, but that was like their main protocol. Um, But like, yeah, I like basically, I got jumped out of my desk and like, I was like yelling. Like, literally, I was like, what did you just call me? Like, blah, blah, blah. And, like, literally, like, teacher was like, whoa, like, you need to pump your brakes. And then my friend was like, no, like, that white boy called him N-word. Like, right. Not That's not right. And um, that was, like, the first time I, like, really, like, experienced it, like, firsthand, like, to my face. Like, I'm pretty sure there were a lot of subtle, like, things I didn't even see as a kid. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, what the fuck? Um. <laughs> And, like, from there, I definitely, like, had my eyes, like, open uh, to see, like, all the different shit. And, I mean, I'm, like, I just call myself thankful, like, because I thought of, like, in this last year, I thought of so many previous situations that I was, like, in. And, like, the few interactions that I did have with cops that, like, were, like, that could have gone left. Mm -hmm. And they didn't. Like, I remember I got pulled over. Uh, or I pulled over um, when the cop was like chasing someone else and he gave me a ticket as well because I saw, happened to stop. <laughs> um, they I, gave like, you a ticket for anything these days. Oh, my I goodness. Almost, like, I literally almost got hit. Like I had, like, I have a friend, like I'm still friends with this girl on Instagram because like we went to the same church. Um, but like, and she was in my car and she could tell you like this Ford F-150, I was driving my tiny little like Toyota Echo 
this Ford F-150 was about to like ram the shit out of us. Like literally he was like flying behind us and I had to speed up and like switch lanes. And of course, like it was like, we were passing under this bridge overpass and there was a cop waiting right there. Mm -hmm. So like I pulled over because I thought he was going to stop me for speeding, but really he was coming up to the truck. And then he was like, oh, he's like, well, you sped up too. And I was like, yeah, because he was going to hit me. He's like, well, like, here's your ticket. So he didn't even get the dude in the truck, did he? He did, but I was just like, damn. I was like, well, I got to get a ticket too. And he almost fucking killed me and my friend. Like, that's crazy. Um, That shit was wild. And then I got uh, pulled over by, I can't remember what. I can't remember if she was white or not, but it was a female cop. And I got pulled over in the middle of the night. I was coming home from work because on the weekends, the laser tag place closed at midnight. And I, she said I did a rolling stop, um, but I didn't come to a complete stop. It's like one in the morning and nobody's around. And she gave me a fucking ticket. Oh, God. I, was I have so the crazy. same story. <laughs> like, I swear to God crazy and it's so funny because i was so exhausted out of my mind and also like at the time like i don't think like the whole like trayvon martin thing has started so like um i wasn't like aware of that even being a possibility you know of like a cop just killing me because like they stopped me um nowadays like i'm super fucking nervous like i just i did have a very like negative interaction with the cop within the last year I think, I can't remember if it was during quarantine or not. I think it was right before quarantine, but it was in 2020. Um, I had a taillight that was out and I literally went to the bank to deposit money into my account. Cause like something happened where like I was about to overdraw my account. There was a bank right around the corner from my house. So I was like, I'm just gonna run to the bank, deposit this money in there. And literally there's like this little like um, strip mall plaza across the street from my bank. And I could see there was like a cop car in there. And I was like, the fuck they doing over there? And then I turned down like to go back up the street, like to my house and they pull me over and I'm like, fuck. So I pull into this like Del Taco and like, there's like a Del Taco, a Subway and like a Basket Robin. And luckily there's like some niggas in the parking lot <laughs> filling in their car, like posted up outside their car. And literally I make eye contact so hard with them at the time. Like I literally pulled in and I was like, y'all see Hey, y'all back? look, you know. I was like, bet, 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 cool. I was like, so we got some backup for this motherfucker. Pulls up, he's like, where are you going? I was like, going home. I was like, you saw me park and run into the bank. I was like, to make a deposit. I was like, you watched me because I looked at you. I was like, I'm going home. And he's like, he took my license. And he's like, where do you live? And I was like, my license says the street name, which is right, <laughs> I'm right around the corner. What are you talking Literally, I was like, I live right there. Like what the street name is on my license. And he's like, oh, are you high? Are you like uh, drinking or anything? And I was like, no. I was like, I went to the bank to deposit money so that I wouldn't have to pay them an overdraft fee. And he's like, get your taillight fixed. And I was like, okay. Like literally, I was oh like, God. I was so lucky that like I like that those people were posted in there and that that Del Taco was like booming. Cause bitch, I was like, oh my God. I was like, this is like a moment like that could go left. And mm-hmm. I was like, in my mind, I was terrified. But like in my voice, I was so pissed. <laughs> like, yeah. and I and I actually I didn't really care like how I came off because I was like, you can see I'm not high. You you watched me go into the bank, so you literally like waited, <laughs> like. 
So yeah. I was just like, wow, I was like, this is ridiculous. Luckily, it did not go left. But it's just, I mean, it's such a trash feeling, honestly. Like, and I, not to say that the cops are better anywhere else, but like, I genuinely tell people like 2019, I was all over Europe and I, and I'm like, I'm an explorer. So like, I like to go places by myself. Like, so all the countries I went to, I stayed with friends and like Amsterdam was the only place I didn't like have like somebody to, or that I had someone to like lead me around. But like in Switzerland and Barcelona and um, where else in London, like I walked around by myself all the time and I never felt unsafe. Like, literally ever like and in switzerland like i was the only black person i saw for like a minute like i remember i didn't see any black people until like later that day but like i didn't feel like i didn't feel like i was a threat mm-hmm. you know like people were smiling at me waving at me like if i needed to ask for directions like they gave me directions like but i didn't feel unsafe but like here it's like crazy because i have to think about everything like you know, and yeah. even like in LA, I think about it a lot less, but like it's still definitely like a thought that I have to have. Um, and it's just crazy, like to think that that's really something we continue to have to deal with. Yeah. I think that's interesting that you said you think about it a lot less in LA because I like just seeing the history of like LAPD and kind of their, um, their, happenings with black people like Rodney King and some other instances that they like the riots in LA and just just how I've seen them uh with the protests even this past summer like LAPD kind of has a pretty bad rap along with like New York Police Department as well of being kind of pretty racist towards black and brown people so I think that's interesting that you say that you don't feel that way I think I think about it a lot less because um, this is like one of the few cities I feel like in America where like we are the majority. <laughs> mm. um, and like, especially LA is very diverse for sure. Yeah, it's crazy diverse. And like for the area that I live in, like I think that's why too. Like I'm like, if I was in, like, if I, I don't work in Beverly Hills anymore, I worked in Beverly Hills for four years, um, like four or five years. And if I like, if I still would have worked in Beverly Hills like last year, and I continued to have to go to work, I would have felt like I would have. I would definitely be like different story. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I would feel much more like on my toes. But like here in North Hollywood, like I feel uh, much safer. <laughs> um, I don't think it's like it'd be safest place, but like I, you know, it's familiar. Like I see, I see more of us, so mm-hmm. I'm like what's good you know um and that's like really what it is like I remember it's funny because like I remember growing up and like you know you grow up in your neighborhood um and at least in the south it's like you live in a black neighborhood or a white neighborhood there's like a couple mixed neighborhoods but it's like you live in a black neighborhood or a white neighborhood and then I remember moving to LA and being like I lived in a, um, I lived in a, like, a kind of, like, hostile type of situation, like, the first year I lived here, and my roommate was Black, and, but then, like, I, that's how I met so many people from around the world, like, because we had all these different, it was actually, like, a dance type of hostel, it was a really nice house we lived in, Um, and it's actually around the corner from where I live now, which is crazy, Um, but, 
I got to meet all these cool people and I met all these people from around the world. And I was just like, yo, like, this is crazy. Like, and then I moved into, I lived in Koreatown for a year and like, I lived in Koreatown, but all my neighbors are Mexican. Like, <laughs> at least in my, at least in my building. But then like in the other buildings, like, you know, there were Mexicans and Asians and like, you know, there were Thai people. Like, you know, it was like this, it's really like a melting pot, you yeah. know? But like when you go to Beverly Hills, like it's definitely predominantly like more like upper class, like white for sure. Um, but for most of the other parts of LA, or at least where I've lived, um, it is very diverse. So that's why I feel a little bit more comfortable here. Um, because I've always like, I've always thrived in an environment where there's like other people of like other descents. Cause I'm a, I'm a very, um, like I'm a very curious person. So like my big thing, like one of my favorite things is like, I like languages. So I love for like people to teach me something in their language and I'll, I'll retain it. Like when I went to Switzerland, like I hadn't seen my friends from Switzerland. I went to Switzerland first when I went on like my teaching tour because I have friends from Switzerland and they were the first people I met when I moved into that house in uh, like my first year. And they were like, oh, whenever you decide to like leave the country, like you have to come to Switzerland first to visit us. Like, cause they like, literally I discovered LA with them. Like I went on my first hike with them to the Hollywood sign. Like I went to the Universal Studios, like everything. And like, I like taught them stuff about America and stuff too. And we just kept in touch. And um, I was like, yeah, I was like, I have to go there. And it was funny. Cause like, I was like, when I got there, I was like, oh, I was like, I remembered like all the phrases they taught me like five yeah. years ago. And they were like, oh my God, it's so crazy that you remember that. And I was like, yeah, like, that's my thing. Like, yeah, like, I love learning, like, language is my big thing that I love. Um, and being able to, like, retain that is, like, it's, like, a special skill, I guess. Um, yeah, like, so, like, um, one of the things I learned, and I, um, I actually learned it from, like, when I was in, like, middle school or high school, because, like, we had um, a couple students from other countries, and... I, I would make them teach me things because one of the things I learned was that like, even if you don't know like how to have a full conversation in someone's language and it came in such good hand, like hand, like when I worked in Beverly Hills was if you knew something like the tiniest thing from somebody's language, like just to like be able to say hi or how are you or whatever. And then you're like, oh, I don't know anymore. But like, if you want to teach me something or like whatever, like they love that first step, like that you're willing to like learn or engage with them. Mm -hmm. on their level because like especially in america like a lot of people like from other countries have this opinion of like americans are like you know you have to speak english kind of thing and i'm like well no like i'm teachable like teach me something and i and like i have these like three russian ladies uh one of them like no two of them still follow me on instagram like one of them she's older so like she's not like big on the instagram but like she has me on facebook and like they like and I still go see them at Neiman's every now and then and they always ask me like how I'm doing how's my mom like they're so sweet and it's so funny because like a lot of people are intimidated by Russians but like I love them like I'm like teach me like and I mm -hmm. and every time like I meet someone if they have a Russian name or whatever like something I'm like are you Russian and then like they're like yeah and I'm like oh and I like, just immediately start talking to them and they're like how do you know this and like we just strike up the best conversation um it's like that's why I just love like uh, I just love meeting like other people from other places and like exchanging like the culture, the energy, everything. Yeah. Um, because I think that's a very important thing like that we 
we take for granted a lot of times. Um, and especially now with like, we have so much that's accessible to us that wasn't accessible like when we were growing up. Cause like, mm -hmm. I think you like, cause you're what, 22? Yep. Yeah, so like, yeah, so you're like three, four years younger than me. So like our, within our like timeline of like where we grew up was really when things started to like change and develop. Yeah, uh, like technology and like social media started to really start to come yeah. like come to fruition. Yeah, one of the big things I've been noticing a lot lately is social norms in general. Like, like when we grew up, what we saw on TV was like, you are like supposed to go to school, go to college, get your degree, like get, get a job, job get married, kids, all that. Like find like the like your one like love of your life, like X Y Z, get married, have kids. And now like that whole blueprint that was painted like and sold to us, I think our generation took it and said, mm, "We're gonna that change that." Yeah, that's what <laughs> nah. we're like. No thanks. Like yeah which is so crazy and I'm thankful to like be a part of it because like I can see like there's some people like I definitely grew up with and like I can see that they're like happy with it like but for me I'm like ah, I was like that's not the image like I want to buy I'm very much on like a different path and like kudos to you like but you can watch the show <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, you can you can buy the ticket you can have you know yeah so it's so and it's so crazy to see it because like I just did um I just did another one of these with um, All Deaf Digital, which is like Russell Simmons. I love All Deaf Digital. They yeah. that company, that whole just thing is amazing, and they are so funny over there. So I just did their. Uh, you gotta check it out. I just did their last episode of Cannabis Games, and um, one of the things I got involved in within this last year is um, I I started using CBD and cannabis for my back. Um, and I was raised Jehovah's Witness. So like, I was always taught like, you know, like bad mm -hmm. smoke, like all that. I'm not really a big smoker. Um, I did like a little bit on camera, but like, I mostly like, like topicals and edibles personally. But my big thing was, is I'm um, educating myself on it and learning about, um, like the medicinal side of all of it. And, um, also just like what I really started to get involved with. And I have a friend, um, she started the company, um, called Hemperations and it's basically um, educating like uh, black and brown people on CBD and like cannabis in general and like basically um, trying to break down like the demonization of cannabis. Um, mm -hmm. Also like uh, I follow like a couple other like uh, people that are like working towards like basically working on people who are incarcerated like wrongfully for cannabis especially black and brown people because the industry the cannabis industry right now is like so like whitewashed it's ridiculous and like they've taken over with all these regulations and everything and it just makes it difficult for like a black person to even get in the door and like stay there um and i know because like within the last like two years i've worked on the like the corporate end of cbd and cannabis and i've met all of these people and it's just so crazy so like we're working towards um like i basically like am trying to involve myself with all these things to work towards like making that change um and being a part of like that like even though it was just like it was a fun like little game show like being a part of that was so fun yeah like, hopefully a lot of the people are responding really well so like, like a lot of people like a lot of my friends went and watched obviously and they're like oh bring jordan back but like there's a lot of random people i don't know that are like he's so funny like make him a regular so i'm like right. really hope he's a regular 
and that, uh, that's like a one just one of those things where it could like just take your career or do something great for you yeah it's so funny because like it was funny when they asked me to do it because i was like i used to watch and i was um when i was in london i was showing like one of my friends um and i showed my boyfriend too i think the video of like they have a series on their regular channel called great taste i and love great taste I was like, yo, I just think this shit is so funny. And like, it reminds me of like growing up in my family, like playing taboo mm -hmm. and like, or just like comparing like your favorite artists, like You're whatever. Like, no, this is, this cereal is better than that cereal or exactly. yeah. like, it's just so fun. Uh, so like playing, like, even though like the games we played were a little bit different, like it was so funny. Cause like we were cracking jokes the entire time and mm -hmm. like trying to stay on task, like it's just the best time like they're the the people like that i got to meet like from it like they're actually like they're really that funny and like they're really like that like it was so seamless like for me i felt like i was literally like playing taboo with my family um but like and so many people are like oh my god like like how did you like how did you prepare for this I was like i didn't <laughs> like, I was, like, I this is me <laughs> i was like literally i was like i'm just crazy like literally, <laughs> i have a problem <laughs> you know no that is so cool though like um man just jordan you know like i said i just have so much uh and admiration for you is that the right word admiration yeah 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 I, as a as a You're, wannabe major yes <laughs> yeah so i'm i'm gonna come to you for my my english uh yo i got you yo i dated a guy that i literally um helped him write like his college like term paper like once like <laughs> and i never went to college like i was a dual enrolled student so i took college courses but i never like fully went to college and yeah. like i'm that good like yeah with my english not even gonna lie like i was like i got an a on an english assignment once that i wasn't even like <laughs> <laughs> like that wasn't even mine. that takes skill though that takes real skill like yeah ass. well no i like i said I, you're, I just have so much admiration for you and like for you to be able to do what you're doing and also trying to um you know shed light on on black issues and just get people of color involved in um the certain things that you do and with your videos and uh with the cannabis company you're working with like that is exactly um what i would like to do with my platform just to empower people and you know just bring bring something to the culture you know i always i always talk about like being for the culture you know empowering the culture and you are somebody that is at is living proof and is actually doing that um my i i, I wanted to ask you what it's because you started that uh there was a group chat that you had started on instagram with when and i was honored to be uh a part of it i was like i didn't think jordan would thought of me in this uh socially active uh activists kind of like everybody was, everywhere okay i was very flattered you know but you started the uh i forgot i forget the name of it what was the group called i had two of them um shit i can't remember what i called both of them because i had so i had two so i had one that was all um so basically i had one that was all just like people i knew that were like super active like wherever they were and like i knew like they will want to be involved. 
And then I had a second group message that was all of my friends um, on the influencer side of the spectrum that like had the ability to post like swipe ups that mm -hmm. uh, like had some kind of like reach, whether it be like a small, like, you know, 15K like local situation like me or if like they had global reach, like I, my friend Jojo was in there and she has like over a million like followers. So like um, I basically had those two groups and they were solely for like one just for like sharing information that was the main thing was that i think like, that I was, was the one i was in. oh it was making the change that's what it yeah, was making the change yes so yeah so that one was like that was mainly like for just like everybody and that one was for sharing information and also for like um like basically communicating and also just keeping each other uplifted like every now and then we would just send like nice stuff to make each other yeah. like smile it was like, really cool it was really yeah. cool like some of the stuff people were saying just to bring yeah. positivity and was, shed light it was great to like see that because like i i i'm not a crier <laughs> it's funny because like i'm like i'm like an emotional person of like because i'm a leo so like i'm all over the spectrum mm -hmm. but like my virgo side like keeps shit contained and then like i'm a um my moon sign is in cancer. So like, I'm really emotional to myself, but my rising comes back in Aries. So I'm a fire, like I'm a fire water sandwich kind of thing. <laughs> and so like, that's why I like, I think that's why like when you said you met me, like personally, I'm like, I just like am who I am. But like, they say your rising is like what you exude and like Aries is another fire sign. So like, I come off like super like confident and sometimes cocky, but like, I try to keep it in check. Um. But like I don't see there's you know a little bit of cockiness is okay you know I just try to keep, I just try to keep it in check like I just try yeah. to humble. and but like I don't cry a lot and like last year like I cried so much like over just like and it wasn't even always just bad stuff like just happy shit too like I would see it was just like oh, like just like fucking mm -hmm. crying like and but I remember like that feeling and I just remember like remember I remember what it was that got me was that so many people reached out to me that I didn't expect like and not in a negative way but like it was in a way of like oh shit like this is really like happening like on a global scale like I had friends like over in London that I was friends with but like we weren't super close like we just like we met because of like another mutual friend or like you know because of like passing on a job whatever like or we met in class like i had friends and like my friends in switzerland obviously like we keep in touch so like you know they reached out to me like just people reaching out to me to be like we're protesting here too and like we're fighting for you here as well yeah like for what's happening in your country and like not to say like i like not them saying like i needed to be grateful but they were like if you need anything like let me know like if it's just somebody to talk to like and i was ugh, it's making me want to like cry again <laughs> and like literally like that like got to me because it was so um it was like it was just a genuine like human connection i think we lose a lot of times um yeah. and just having like these people say like and like these white people at that like in other countries where it's like they don't have to give a fuck you know they, they really don't like, they really genuinely don't have to give a fuck because like you're in a country where like your health care is taken care of and like your government low-key cares for you you're right like literally like having these people just like randomly reach out to me 
just like and not a response to a story but like a genuine message to be like hey like I'm so sorry like that this is something that still happens in the world and like I'm doing everything that is my part like to make sure that you are heard and like you're given the space and like that this changes going forward and like whatever you need um like whether it be like a platform to speak on or like somebody to cry to like someone to uplift you like I'm here and just getting all of those messages was like overwhelming um and it really like it made me want to get involved even more because I had um I used to have like this plight for so long where I didn't know what was my proper space to say and not say and to speak about and not to speak about because I am mixed so I always had that in the back of my mind of like, because I did have that a lot growing up. Like I'm grateful, like I grew up on my black side, but like I used to get told all the time. Like I was always reminded like you mixed, like, yeah. oh, he's mixed, like, right. oh, he half white. Like, you know, so like I was the butt of a joke a lot of time. So like, I did want to be aware of my space. Cause I was like, I don't want to take away from someone else. Like who clearly like deals with, like, cause I know I benefit from colorism. I know I do. And I tell people that all the time, but like, I do tell people all the time on jobs as well. Like there have been quite a few things like on jobs where I've been like, oh, I'm not gonna do that. Like a black person would never do that. Like mm -hmm. I've definitely like, said that. <laughs> like, and I'm, and I'm just that type of person. And I've always been like that. Um, but also I always want to make sure, like I said, I'm not taking up someone else's um, like space or someone else's soapbox. Like if it's my turn to speak or whatever, like, yeah, I'll speak. But and like on my own platform, I'm going to speak and I'm going to uplift other people. But I never want to, like I said, take away from um, like someone else's, um, you know, yeah, someone else's uh, piece. I would rather add to it. Um, or give them the tools that they need to be successful. So that's when I started to look into alternative forms of like, how can I get involved and what can I do? Um, and I also looked at like my surroundings of all the other people I saw getting involved. And um, one thing I knew was that being stuck in that pandemic, like I was in my apartment, literally I was in my apartment, I was working via live stream. So I was live streaming, uh, dancing, teaching, and like doing like a live mukbang show. like literally almost every single day of the week. And I was like, so then I started talking about it on my live stream. And then I was like, well, what else can I do? And I saw all my friends that were going to protest, making posts, whatever. And I was like, you know what? I was like, there's no, I was like, we're all like clearly in this fight together. So why can't we talk to each other? Like, why can't we be in a group where we share information and we uplift each other? Cause like, that was the other thing was it was mentally exhausting. Like, well, it definitely I, was. I, it was mentally and physically exhausting. Like I remember like the first like protest I went to and like, and I didn't even, we didn't even go long. Like we literally went, we were going to a smaller one and then like we missed it. So we went to like a bigger one in Hollywood. And like, I was definitely like on like my like alertness the whole time. Cause I was like, my biggest thing was, is like, and you know, I know it's like something out of my control, but I'm like, if I can be aware, like I want to be aware. And like, one of the things that does scare me to this day is like, terrified of like some crazy white person rolling up with like an AK and just like, mm -hmm. lighting everybody up. like, cause it's not, it's not um, a ridiculous thought. Right. <laughs> like it's is, like, it's a real, that really could happen because it has happened exactly. multiple times. Exactly. It's a hundred percent possible. And like, 
all I could hear was like my mom, <laughs> like being like, oh my God, like, oh my God, just like freaking out. Cause my mom is not like a crazy, like big um, emotional type of person. And like, but we have like this, we have a really like strong bond to say like my mom didn't raise, like raise me. It's weird. Like literally like me and my mom are the exact same person. Like, and she did not raise me at all. And, and um, I could just like hear her like the entire time in my head, but also like, I, like, I never really felt like so alive. Like one of the times I've ever felt that alive is like through dance. Like, and, and I just remember being there surrounded by all those people like that were, you know, we were all there for one thing. And, yeah. and, you know, and then like we went home after, like we, like we, you know, we drove through a march a little bit too. And then like we went home and I just remember like, I was exhausted, but I was satisfied. And, but I just remember how drained I was. And I remember how drained I was like the entire month of June, <laughs> like, yeah. cause I was doing so much to like, you know, to at least like share information, like provide like whatever I could. And um, like, I just remember like- <laughs> Yeah, I totally get you. Like I felt- fulfilled at the end of it too, which is yeah. great. I felt that exact same way, just like posting about um, about George Floyd and about other people and just the stories and trying to make people aware. Like there was just there was like a week and a half where I literally I posted like almost every pretty much every day. And then there was one day where I was just I just had to take a break because it, yeah. it just got to be too much because I think um, Ahmaud Aubrey had first of all, that happened in February, but it didn't come out until may i think like late may like april may yeah around that time and then george floyd happened and then all of june was just uh protest after protest and especially around here like in madison i had never seen the city like that just people coming out and because madison it's not madison is a pretty She's a white girl. She sounds like a white girl. <laughs> yeah, Mad- no, yeah, Madison is a white girl, uh, for sure. Um, but Madison, um, the the city is it's a it's progressive in a way, but there's the underlying like the systemic racism, like oh, yeah. our county, Dane mm-hmm. County is one of the more like racist counties in literally America. Like it's is insane the 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 amount of black people that are in poverty who are unemployed is or are in the prison system or in the prison system is crazy the numbers are insane but for the people for the city of madison to to turn out like it did like it was so amazing and especially the group that um that pretty much organized everything freedom inc they do a a great they do an amazing job with uh organizing fundraising uh and just making social issues aware not just racial issues but also with lgbtq plus uh issues and literally anything so shout out to freedom inc for sure but like you said it was very june was very exhausting i think just the whole year 2020 was exhausting like yeah it was crazy um yeah but we made it (laughs) we made it and we're gonna continue to make it that's all I gotta say. I think we made it. We gonna continue. <laughs> I ain't got time for nothing else, honestly. Yes, but Jordan, I, <clears throat> you know, you know how I how I feel about you. I think you're one of the more, uh, one of the brightest star, one of the brightest stars I've 
scene. I know you're going to be amazing in your career path and just continue to to uplift not only yourself, but people around you like Nikki and like your, your crew you have. I see you guys. I see you post about them all the time. I would love to meet the rest of your friends whenever I come back to, out to L.A. We got to get you back out here. I know I'm I'm planning on the thing is, I want to travel. You know, I want to go somewhere, but I don't know. I I literally don't leave the house, first of all. Like, I work from, I get to work from home. Not now anymore. We have to go back into the school. But mm-hmm. I've been able to work from home since March. I haven't. Uh, the only thing I do outside of it, I bartend on Friday and Saturday nights. That's literally probably the only time I leave the house. Well, Other than that, if I want to go hang out with my friends, it's usually just like a small little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but for the most part, I'm usually home. So I mean, honestly, like if you have the means to like come through, like you can obviously stay with me and Nikki. Um, but like it's because I'm like, OK, I firmly I'm like a I have plenty of family that worked in the medical industry. And like I know plenty of people that like are in the medical industry right now. So like I firmly believe this shit is like a thousand percent fucking real. Like mm-hmm. I mean, I I left LA the first two weeks, um, and I was in Arizona for two weeks, like isolated, with like two of my friends. And um, like I'm a firm believer in like this shit is a thousand percent real. But like I can tell you, like as long as you take like the proper protocols, like it's it's not as bad as it seems. I, the only time I think I was worried was when i went to the grand canyon because we flew in through vegas and then we drove from vegas to um, the grand canyon and like the vegas airport was like packed and i was just like i was like bruh like this is too much for me but like thankfully we walked away like scot-free but Mm -hmm. like it's just i mean also like i was traveling like well before the pandemic and i think that's the big thing is um like I, I mean, I always peeped like how people traveled and like people, just, some people just don't know how to travel. Like, yeah. like, I mean, and honestly, even like still, like when we went to the Grand Canyon, the first thing I saw, like I went to the bathroom, I, I had to go pee and I was like, fuck, I was like, I'm just gonna go pee really quick. And I went to like the station, like the, the registration area and like this bathroom there. Literally, I shit you not, Anthony, white guy. I walk in the bathroom literally he zips up his pants turns around walks right out does not wash his hands and i was oh, like oh in a panorama i was like sir we are because this was in we went to the grand canyon in like november december so i'm like sir we are seven eight months into a panasonic and you <laughs> are out here not washing your hands like oh, bro so I was just like, yeah, I was like, that's why people keep fucking up, in my personal opinion. Um, like, because I mean, I've been to, I flew to Mexico, I went to the Grand Canyon, I went to London, and I went to Atlanta, all in this whole thing. So uh, we'll see. I'll, if I got if I got the means, if I got the funds, I'm gonna I'm gonna check my bank account because the way my bank account is set up, um, I got a checkings and a savings, but I, I'm my savings, of so I got to switch it to my checkings. Of course. You know, so. I, I honestly like I it's funny because I've talked about this with um I can't remember if I talked about it with Nikki, but I talked about it with like another friend of mine, my roommate for sure. I was like, I should teach um like a millennial like money management course. Oh, please like, do. Cause like it's I mean, I don't think like by no means am I like the richest person or anything. I just know how to manage money well. 
like I just know how to move it right and I also know how to save it right like honestly there's this app it's called uh capital it's uh it starts with a q uh q u a p i t a l you should get into them it's um it connects to your debit card and every time you spend money it takes like the um the remainder so it's like you spend 295 it takes 5 cents and it tucks it away and okay. it'll tuck it away throughout the week and then it'll take it out of your bank at the end of the week so it'll be like it'll accumulate to like 20 bucks and then it'll take 20 bucks out of your bank and put it in this like account um and i have like three different accounts with them like i have i have like one i call like my europe savings account which is like i just continually like put money into that one because i know like i go back and forth between here and europe all the time and then i have like an emergency fund and then i have an investing fund with them as well um and that's not including my like two regular savings accounts that i have outside of that um so it's really just all about like how i move the money really um so i'm that way i'm like never in like the red yeah um but that's really all it takes because like i did that i used that app starting in 2018 and then like ever since 2019 i'm like i'm on a plane like every month if i can <laughs> like Shit. just because i i just don't like sitting still like even now like i i mean i'm gone next week but i'm working on I think I'm going to, I think I'm going back to Atlanta in March and then I'm taking a road trip up to Nashville, possibly. Um, Cause like one of my friends is like a regular teaching gig at the Millennium out there and they're open. So I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna see if I can get on and like get a teaching job too, like over there that way. It's like, I can make some money as well. Um, but I mean, also I just work with like a couple different things. Like if you, if you start making like some, you could make some fire content like knowing you like and i like i mean like your podcast is already fire and i'm like i already know like you could like you could be making some fire shit and like teaching people like you'd be putting people on i money i really appreciate that because i have so many ideas like when i came up with this mini series it was it it was literally like i had just finished recording the episode with my sister and hers was not supposed to be a part of this mini series. It was supposed to be its own. It was just supposed to be a part of the show on, mm-hmm. on its own. But I was like, we're about to go into Black History Month. Like, I want to do something. I just don't know what. And then, like, amplifying Black voices just came into my head. I'm like, that's yeah. it. Like, I'm going to start a mini series just for February, have Black people, Black creators, some of my friends on it, and talk about. Our experience and give back to um uh the history just talk about the history of black people and just praise black people pretty much so yeah but yeah. i would love to like create something i have so many ideas I, I have so many ideas and to hear you say that makes me want to make them uh a real thing just because yeah. i just again like seeing how you move and uh your creativity it just it has inspired me and it definitely had it definitely you definitely did play a, a piece in me starting my podcast for sure so oh don't say that i'm sitting I'm, <laughs> I'm telling you jordan ever since look ever since you the name jordan rocks came into my life from <laughs> even before ever meeting you i was like this man has got a hold on me and i haven't even met him like 
Can I just say, like, also, like, I mean, because I've been here for like, like I said, I've been here for almost six years, which makes me feel like I sound so old. <laughs> but, <laughs> How like, old are you really, though? You're like 20, 25. 25. Like, come on, you, you're young. I'll be you're young. Year. Yeah. But um, I, um, like, it's funny because I've, uh, I've experienced like a lot in life, like, and I don't think about it until I start talking to people. Uh, Cause like, I'm such like a hungry person. Like I always want to do more. Um, but I've had like, I've had a lot of friends. I've had a lot of like, you know, just like, you know, partying of friendships and everything. And, but I always can tell like when I meet somebody who's like a real, like not to say other people aren't real people, but like a real genuine person that's like striving to basically, like I talked about those social norms, like to break out of that, like typical basic, like nuclear family like social norm like and actually like wants more for themselves and is going after it and also that's just like genuinely like a real like dope person and like you're definitely one of those people like because I remember Nikki telling me about you and I was like oh cool like she's like a little friend like you know that's gonna like you know like I'm come surprised. out here and visit her whatever and then like when you did the road trip I was like I was like wow I was like he's like a real ass friend because I have like my friend who took my road trip with me and like and like she's like we're still friends to this day and I have two other friends of mine like that we did like a road trip to Miami like and they were on the team with me they're like they're those like are my fucking sisters like they're literally like Whitney and Betsy can hit me up at any time and like it's like that's it it's like what's up what y'all need like we don't we don't get to talk every single day but we do like keep up with each other and like it's just like those are those people are really hard to find and when i saw because like i i feel like like even when nikki like nikki's like my fucking child like my little sister <laughs> and like i love her to death she knows this and literally like i gravitate towards nikki because i see so much of myself in her and like mm -hmm. and so like when i met you and like i finally like got to put the face of the name and the person and everything I was like, wow. I was like, I see like myself and him too. And I was like, and I see like my friends, like that I consider my family in him for mm -hmm. Nikki. And it's so funny because like people can't like a lot of people don't get that in life, which is sad. Like they do find really great connections, but it's harder to find those connections when you are an artist and yeah. a creator. And a lot of people don't know that. Like, Oh, no, 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 no. I want to get close to you. They want to be your friend because um, these people want to be your friend because they see you doing something. And they're like, some people want to attach to you for the come up um, or like for the results, but they don't want to be there to support it. Or they don't want to, you know, they don't want to put in the work or whatever the case may be. And um, I've always been the type of person where I'm like, I have like my friends and like I have people that I work with. And then like, I have my core of like people where I'm like, I'll tell you what I'm doing. Like, I'll keep shit under wraps from some people, but I'm like, oh, I'm working on this. Or like, I'll like, you know, this is like what's happening. Or like, I want you to be a part of this. Or like, oh, like, this is like what's going on in my life. Like, what's up with you? But there's certain people like you definitely have to keep at arm's length, which is unfortunate, but it happens. And um, it's, it's important as an artist to know who's your who's your actual support system and who is like your family and then who is just gonna be like you know a stepping stone or like someone who's just like a tool like within your life like it sounds bad to say that but it's true because yeah. 
because otherwise like those people will fuck you over and they will use you for like what they can like get from you and um i like never want to see that happen with like people in my friend group um so like i that's why i keep like things like a buck 50 all the time like nikki can tell you like sometimes like i get at nikki and i'll be like nikki like hey you and me both i'll be telling her like bro some of the stuff i mean like dude don't do that like for real or what are you doing yeah (laughs) it's so funny i love her like has no sense of direction love this child (laughs) (laughs) love her with every bit of my like being i like literally she was sick the other day and i got brought her soup and everything like boy you would have thought she was on her deathbed literally oh my god but she's hilarious and like she's so ambitious so talented like and she's definitely like gonna go places and so are you and it's like i love like seeing like even though we're not far apart in age, like I love seeing someone else like that's like up and coming that is like working towards it because I know like, I know once you get to that platform, cause like I'm not even where I want to be like a thousand percent, like I'm on my way there, but like, you know, I'm still doing something like to other people. They're like, Oh my God, you're doing so much. And me, I'm like, this is only the beginning. Like yeah. I'm going to, like, I'm going to do you way not more. even scratch the surface. Yeah. I'm like, don't even worry. Like so much more is coming. But like, it's, and it's so cool to see that. Cause I'm like, I'm in the process of like, you know, I'm just like getting down, like into like the path of like what I'm doing. And like, I see you like starting on it. And I'm like, oh, like, cause I know so many people like that have podcasts and like that, that are doing podcasts. There's so many people that I listen to and I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, Anthony's going to be great. Like his pod, once his podcast blows up, like it's going to be even crazier. Cause like, it's already good. Mm-hmm. Like, that's thank you, thank you. Like, trust me, I've listened to some people's stuff and I'm just like, okay, this is cute for like a little one <laughs> or whatever. But like, couldn't really get into it. But like, literally, like, like I said, from your first interview, like you did, and I was like, oh, I want that book. Like, just like, once you really get into it, like, I can't wait to see you build like the status of like, you know, your listeners and like, actually like creating this uh this space like for people to talk like you've already created it so i'm just ready for more people to realize it's here and to like attend <laughs> like, yeah well, you know well, I, this space. so thank you yeah. for thank no you. thank you for that i really appreciate that like that coming from you uh like i said really makes me want to continue to do this and yeah like it's just uh it's a a dream come true for me because i like i said I've told this story multiple times. Always, I got into podcast, like I got into listening to podcasts, and I thought it was really cool. And to be able to have my own now, and like, not uh, I guess not a brand, but just like something that I created. It's, it's just so, it's so cool to like see and to like. If you haven't created something like on your own from the ground up, like you don't know yeah. what this feel. I can't like describe it. Like it's just something that you have to feel. It's oh, just yeah. yeah. It's it's so funny because I remember um my two years that I wasn't dancing and I was more focusing on business. I remember I was surrounded by like this is how I knew like God, the universe, whatever, like wanted me to like be a creator was like I was surrounded by other creatives and they were all older than me and they were um and they were telling me like of all these experiences that they had and like i was able to share some of those from the nba but like they like they kept being like so when are you going to dance again like when are you going to get back into that and like i just had these people poking prodding me and telling me to do it and like 
part of me couldn't understand like the starving artist mindset to be in because like I saw that like some of them were still doing it and I saw like the struggle part of it but then like once I got back into it and I think it was the first time like I ever made something that was when it struck a chord in me and I was just like and I remember like looking back at it like was it as amazing as I thought it was no but for the time that it was at like it's genuinely like how some people love having kids. Like, you know, that's like, that's my child. Like, yeah. that's how it is to be a creative. Like, and, and there's no other feeling in the world like it. Because like, I mean, even though having a child is great and all, and I'm pretty sure that probably comes close to it. Like when you make something of a magnitude of like, whatever that art is, whether it's a podcast, whether it's physical painting, whether it's dance, poetry, a book, whatever, like when you deliver it, and like and you're done with it and you just look at it all you can do like I don't know about you but like for me I'm like every time like and it's funny because like that's literally what I do now is like I I make videos like I make videos for an app and like I make skincare videos I make fashion videos like sometimes like I'll do dance stuff but like it's not super intense on the dance because like it's more so targeted for like uh at home stuff for people Mm. But like, that's what like one of my main avenues of like work right now for payment. And I love it. And cause like I do incorporate dance as much as I can, but I'm teaching myself all these new things. Cause like I did TV production for a year in high school. So I love video shit. Like that's why I love, I love um, choreographing and like creating a cool way for something to be captured versus like, oh, boom, here's a choreography. Like here's just like a, you know, a wide shot and a couple of close-ups. I'm like, I always am like trying to find a way to like make something cool visually happen besides just like the dance looking great. Mm-hmm. And like, for me, I'm like every, every single video I make, like whether it's like a 10 second video or a minute long or like a full like three minute movie concept, like I sit there and watch it and I'm like, and like I obsess over it just for like a minute. Awe. Cause it's just like, cause it's like, wow, like this came from, I listened to a song or I saw it, whatever. And it's just like, it came from nothing. And like, and then I made it into something like that shit is mind blowing. And that's one of the most fulfilling parts of being a creator. Uh, Especially as a black creator. Like it's, it's even more, it just means even more to us. Oh yeah. It's crazy. And there's so many dope black creators out there. So I'm glad like you're going to be doing this series. If you need any referrals, let me know. Cause I obviously know a lot of great black creators. <laughs> I would love some referrals. If you have anyone that would be uh, interested in coming on for sure. I would, I'm willing to talk to anybody, honestly. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, off the bat, I'll recommend my roommate because she's amazing and shameless plug. We just dropped the brand called, Simply Cozy. Hey. It is a self-care line, uh, you know, made by Black people for everybody, but specifically for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right now, we just have a, we, uh, have a shea butter, and it comes in lavender, vanilla, and what's the other scent that we did? Oh, peppermint. Sorry. Rose is, like, going to be one of the next ones I'm pushing for because I love a good rose scent. But, um, yeah, homemade shea butters. And Nia's awesome. Like, you would love Nia. Nia's, like, I'm, like, very, like, I think I'm the super, like, cheerful type of person. And, like, I'm, like, uplifting. And Nia is, like, a, I'm, like, the cheerleader. And then Nia is, like, the real, like, motivational speaker. Mm-hmm. Like, 
Nia's, I mean, her name means purpose in Swahili, and she's all about that. So her whole brand is, um, her full brand is called Feel Your Purpose. That's where you can buy the body butters, and that's the uh, website name is feelyourpurpose.com. But um, like literally, like Nia is so like, I'm so thankful that we're roommates. We talked about being roommates before the pandemic, and then like we moved in together in the middle of the pandemic, and it's like been the best thing ever. Match made in heaven. You literally, it's so like we 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 need to buy cameras to put around the house because people come over and they're like, this is like watching a live action like <laughs> of, like the Fresh Prince meets like girlfriends, and make it into a YouTube series. That'd be dope. <laughs> honestly, um, and we both like you know we both work via like Instagram and all these apps, so like we have some stuff in the works for like some funny shit. But um, yeah, I mean, follow her, follow me, follow Anthony, follow all the follow. Great black excellence. Yes. Also, ooh, I'm a big plant person. I just want to plug this. I don't know if you know about them already. They're so dope. Tell me, uh, tell me more. I need some uh, plants in my life. Yo, for real. So it's called the Underground Plant Trade. Um, it's on Instagram, and this is DJ. He started it, and it's where black people go to collect their reparation plants from white people. So literally, he'll ooh. comment, he'll uh, post a picture of your state, and then you comment where you're at in the state, and then like a woke as fuck white person will respond to your comment like you'll comment what kind of plants you want or whatever and they will respond to your comment and tell you like if they have like that type of plant or like something similar to it or like they'll be in the comments like oh i have these kind of plants or whatever you just reply to them and literally they will like message you and they'll schedule like a like a safe place to meet up with or like you know if you're comfortable like giving them your address or meeting them at their place whatever um and they were like some people like repot the plant some people would like give you the clippings like to do it yourself whatever um but it's actually really dope like i got um some really dope plants from like this one lady who's literally like 15 minutes from my house um and it's crazy because it's actually like a really big page now like he started it like literally just as like something small and it just blew up and we'd love to see it it's dope because it's like you get free plants out of it but also like you you know you get to meet somebody who's actually like who actually cares like about us and it's like you know wants to like make some kind of like difference even if it is small um but check it out because like if you need some plants like literally our our house is like i actually had to go buy the little bulb things that like self-water the plants because like Mm -hmm. we're both gonna be gone like while i'm gone so i'm like no like my children need (laughs) babies that ass but yeah you definitely like should check them out there it's underground it's underground plant trade underground plant trade i'm gonna send it to you on instagram because it's something that every black person could use you know and my mom actually she has been collecting a lot of plants so she should probably like that for sure yeah definitely it's amazing yes underground plant trade so underground plant trade and then you and your roommates skincare line is what is it called again simply cozy and cozy is spelled with a k so simply cozy official is the instagram or you can follow feel your purpose on instagram and it's tagged in there but it's underground dot plant trade underground dot plant trade for all the listeners out there if you want to get a plant live in your house up get a vibe you know i didn't even know he followed me wow I need to follow him back. His Instagram is DJ Freedom, as in uh, Free D E M. Um, that's the guy who started the underground plant trade, and literally he started it last year, like 
I think at the start of the pandemic or no, in June, he started it last June. Literally, it was a tweet that said, if you're white, give a black person a plant this instant was the very first tweet he did. I think I might have saw that somewhere, actually. Yeah. Um, and oh, he has like a whole plant now, like a whole website now. Yeah, he's great. But um, yeah, he started it like last year. And he already there's like it's almost equal to like how many followers he has. He has 53K and now his page, like the plant page is like 51K. That's amazing. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Follow, follow those people. Follow Jordan and his roommates skincare line. Um, follow Jordan. Jordan, give him your give the people your Instagram, all your socials. It's Jordan underscore rocks. That is J-O-R-D-A-N underscore R-O-C-K-Z-Z. Um, and it's that on every single thing. I'm not big on TikTok. Um, sorry. <laughs> I personally am not really a fan of TikTok. Um, me both. But it's Jordan Rocks on Instagram. It's Jordan Rocks on, um, I'm on this app called Prison Pop. Follow me on there if you need DIY ideas, if you need um, fashion tips. If you need skincare tips, I'm all about the skincare. Um, especially I need that. for, I need that for sure. a lot of people don't know, but there's a lot of skincare out there that is trash for us. Um, and that is one of the areas that I like to focus on, the skincare that works for us. Um, and what else am I on? Oh, I'm on this other app called Likey, L-I-K-E-E. It's similar to uh, TikTok, but like, I'm on there because they pay me to be on there. <laughs> <laughs> for the uh, check, you know. I'm on there for the check. I'm for not a bag. But uh, Prison Pop, I'm on there because I fuck with them. Um, I mean, I do, like, work for them. Like, they do pay me. But it is an awesome website. It's an awesome platform. Um, you should definitely get on there because, like, I mean, you and Nikki be working out. You and Nikki should really get on there and, like, post some workout. Oh, shoot. I'm a little. I've been trying to get back in my workout bag. I'm a little out of shape. But. I literally only started working out this last week because I'm going to Dubai next week. <laughs> like, you know, like, hey, you can build a little something, you know, in that week, you know, get oh, your no, body I right. Was like, I hit up my trainer. I was like, all right, I need a two week tone up and you need to be on my ass. There you she go. She was like, okay. There you go. Boom. Oh, ready for Dubai. I'm on my two week tone up. Yeah. There you go. But yes, Jordan, um, I want to thank you. We got to wrap this up. We've been talking for a minute now. I know but... we've talked for like two hours. I know you sure you got to go get stuff done. Oh, I know. Question. Yeah, you got to. Oh, the yeah. Is this, is this your merch? Oh, yeah. I mean, nobody can see it, but I posted I posted about it. My sister got this. She made this for me for my birthday. Um, It's got my name on it. It says founder underneath it. It says say it loud, say it proud. I would like on the... this is guest. <laughs> <laughs> guest. Uh, maybe co-host <laughs> i'm trying to audition let me audition for i mean uh, i'm looking to move in another direction for the show i would like to have one or two Yo. other people on here and i think jordan i'll drag nikki in too you know hey it could Yo, be something I, I would love that i actually i actually you know we should we should talk about that because i have like i've been wanting to like hop on somebody's podcast consistently because i think it's so fun like, it is dude. I've been, ever since it's just this is so fun i love the podcast industry i listen to so many podcasts just oh man i could talk about podcasting all day right now i'm listening to um i listen to the read consistently i love mm-hmm. the read i don't know if you listen to them um they're super like if you haven't listened to them i think you would like them they're um 
their direction is like they're two black people in New York. One's from Miami, one's from Oklahoma. They're both like they're both in the LGBT community, but they're not like it's not like all like LGBT shit. It's more like they discuss they do a segment at the beginning called um like black excellence and they pick like somebody like black and excellent that's like doing something like super cool and like you know for our people obviously and like uplift them and then they do like a pop culture segment where like they talk about just like all the shit like going on like in pop culture and like mm-hmm. they're just funny like how they their banter and everything i'll, I'll check um, them out and then they do like questions from readers um or like letters and then they do um oh they do at the end what they call the read so they like read somebody where they'd be like they read donald trump or they read like oh they have like a pass the read which is where like somebody can like type in like a read for somebody and they read it out loud and like the one last week was fucking hilarious because it was like this black woman like went to her childhood home which is in like a white neighborhood and like this white lady like approached her and she's like i knew she like she's like she flipped the script but like i knew she approached me off some racist shit and she just like read the shit out of her like it's just really funny um yeah i I think they're super like super like pro-black i think i would definitely i can get into that i I can get into most podcasts if it's about some real shit and you know i listen to the joe bun podcast i listen to jamel hill is unbothered those are my two favorite podcast right now and then there's dissect i always talk about dissect um he breaks down pretty much all the major like hip-hop albums of all time and every episode track by track i think you you might like that one Um, yeah yeah you might like um i haven't listened to her stuff in a while um i like to like wait a little bit for some of them so i can like have stuff to catch up on but um i listened to What's the other one called? It's uh, Small Doses by Amanda Seals. Um, oh, I've heard. Okay, yeah, I've heard yeah, of her podcast. Hers is really good because it comes from like, you know, she says like, obviously, like, it's all her opinion and everything, but it comes from a very um, analytical, like, point of view, um, mm-hmm. which is really cool. And then, like, she has a lot of really cool guests, too, that she brings on. Um, oh, yeah. And I love Amanda Seals. Like, she's hilarious. Oh, yeah, she's so funny. Yeah. She's, she's hilarious. But uh, before we go... I yes. want to ask you about something. I'm going to read you a date. Okay. okay. February 3rd, 2013. Does that date ring a bell? I mean, I was in high school. I know that. <laughs> um, I graduated that year. That's all I remember. That was a whirlwind of a year. So the Super Bowl halftime show with... The queen herself, Beyonce. That's my first post on Instagram right now because I archived everything except for that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I told you I did my research. Oh, you I went saw, back, back. I went back, back. I saw that. I was like, I got to ask him about that. What was that experience like seeing Beyonce basically take the power out of the stadium? Literally. I, t- I touched her hand, by the way. So I touched her hand. Fucking fantastic. Um, the best part about that thing was is that we actually got to see that Super Bowl performance um, practiced several different ways. The original way that was supposed to happen was instead of that Pepsi countdown that they did, mm-hmm. it was supposed to be this like Ferrari or like Lamborghini or whatever. It showed it like driving throughout New Orleans and then it drove into the arena and then it drove onto the stage. And it was like obviously like a fake pull apart car, but it looked just like the thing. And then like they drove it like it it came onto the stage and then they pulled it apart and like Beyonce was in it was the original thing. She wasn't supposed to be just like on that platform that rolled out of the floor originally. So we were all like shook because they changed like she flipped the script on us last minute. 
But when I tell you, like, uh, like that shit, like that coupled with like me making the team later that year, just like solidified, like I love the entertainment industry even more. Like I've been a Beyonce fan, like since like, I think like when I really like fell into like how much I loved like Beyonce's music was uh, the I Am album. That was the a good album. Double disc album. Yeah. That was the first time I ever listened to every song on an album ever. Um. Yeah, and I fell in love with that shit. But uh, that's I bet it was it was crazy. I can only imagine performance. Literally, you know what's so funny is I just had a conversation with somebody because like the weekend's supposed to be performing at the Super Bowl, and I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm not a weekend fan personally. I was like, he makes coke music for white girls, and like (laughs) that's like that's the truth. It's It's yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, he's like he makes coke music for white girls, and he's like a whiny version of Michael Jackson. Like I was like, he's like. In my opinion, he's like the Terrence Howard of like the music industry. Like, you know how Terrence Howard always <laughs> looks like he's about to cry? Yeah. Like, that's how he sings to me. Um, but that's I was funny. like, no, I was like, nobody, like, I was like, nobody can like ever put on a performance like Beyonce did, in my personal opinion. Yeah. Like, and that performance was uh, one of the best performances I've ever seen in my life on TV. I can only imagine what it was like in person. It was like sensory overload in the best way possible, Anthony. Like you could feel like even because I was in the part that I was in at the end when she sings Halo and she's like touching the people's hands by the face. That's the side that I'm on. And literally like I'm about to go look for Jordan's hand now. (laughs) Even like from the face, like being in that face, like when the flames like happen in the front, when like she brings out like Kelly and Michelle, like Mm -hmm. you can feel the flames no matter where you at, like in the crowd. (laughs) Like, that's how intense that shit was. And, like, I just remember being, like, utterly, like, mind-blown at, like, how amazing of a performer she was. Yes. And just, like, being, like, wow. And then I saw her. I think I'm – I can't remember if I have the video up or not. I have – unless I archived it. But um, I saw her, like, a year later at um when she did on the run as well in the arena again mm-hmm. and i just remember seeing that and like i didn't sit down at all during that concert rightfully so and yeah. right if you sitting down yeah. during that you're that's disrespectful to the queen i tell you like that is like it was the like it was probably the blackest experience of my life like to ever happen like for really? anything that happened during like black history month like that shit was great like i was like like the fucking queen of the music industry is like doing a 13 minute master mix of like her fucking hits. Yeah. Like, and then she touched my hand and then she touched my hand and then she made the power go out. She made the power. go. She made, she delayed the game for like 30 minutes or some shit like that. Like I remember being on the bus afterwards and we were like, she took the power out. Who else could do that? Who's doing, who's doing that? I haven't known another artist to take the power out of a stadium, Ever. especially the Mercedes Benz, the Superdome. Huge. Like, the Superdome is ridiculously huge. Like, yeah. That takes immense, lit, like, immense yeah. just star power out of her. Yeah, but, no shade to, you know. My my grandmother says we are related to Shakira, says we are Colombian. Supposedly she did a DNA test and supposedly we have some kind of relation to her. No, so no shade to my distant cousin. 
but <laughs> but Beyonce forever has the best the best Super Bowl and Coachella performances of all time. It, like, there's I can't think of one to argue with that, honestly. You know, there's just facts in life and like, you know, and that you just have to accept. Yeah. And there's some people that just say that they don't like Beyonce or she's overrated. And I'm here to say that this is how you formulate these words. This is how you say them. I don't have taste. That's how you say that. (laughs) There you go. That's what you, yeah, there you go. That's what you mean. I was like, that's exactly how you say that. uh, Because there's some people out there that just don't, but they don't know how to formulate those words. So I just said it for them. There you go. Uh, Jordan, you are the uh, fact spitter, as they would say, you I be trying, you know, yeah. I'm like, I just try yeah. to come out here. It's like, boom, I'll have my card. You know, I'll be like, here's the facts. Official <laughs> facts spitter right you know, here. Exactly. But yes, amazing time. Um, like, and it was free. <laughs> that was the best part. Right, was, and it was free. And you got like, to see Beyonce for free. Damn. Like, I got to see her for free. And the best part was, like, I got to see that shit happen more than once. Like, you, Yeah, you got to see the, the process of it. Like, yeah. That was crazy. That was the crazy part was it's like I remember we were practicing for it like days before. And I remember being like, like, are we gonna see her today? Like, oh my god, are we gonna see her today? And like I remember the first time we saw her and she had no makeup on. And I was like, this bitch is still pretty with no makeup. She's still still bad. I was like, wow. I was like, this is just this just is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, this shit is crazy. Like, wow, y'all don't know. Yeah. But that's amazing. I, you know, having an experience like that is that's like that is life changing, and clearly it changed your life for the better because you are doing amazing things, and will continue to do amazing things. Jordan, I want to thank you for finally coming on the show. It's been a little took took me it took a while, but we finally did it here on yes here on the the amplifying Black Voices mini series. Jordan, again, thank you. Take care, Nikki, for me. Keep being a positive influence. Keep being a bright light. Keep adding on to the culture. Keep influencing the culture and just keep being you. I appreciate you so much. I want to give a huge thank you to Jordan again for coming on the show. I'm glad we finally got to do this. Y'all go follow him. Please go follow him. Jordan is amazing. Go follow him on Instagram. Go follow him on everything else. Go follow the people he mentioned in the episode. Go support them. Uh, follow the show. Follow me on Instagram at SayAloudPod at Anthony J. Gatlin. I want to thank y'all again for listening. I want to thank y'all for supporting the show, for supporting the mini series. And that's it. See y'all in the next one. Peace.